This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones, and this is Just About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Our guest today is Robert Moment, a career coach in Washington, D.C. Often, when Robert is working with clients, he's helping them to get jobs. And one of his specialties is preparing people to stand out during job interviews. But today, we're going to be focusing on what happens after you do get that job. Robert's most recent book is a handy little guide, particularly for young professionals just starting out. It's called Starting a New Job, Career Planning and Job Promotion Tactics for Motivated New Employees. Robert will share tips from the book, including about the importance of starting with a 90-day plan. Hello, Robert. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thanks for having me on your show, Beth. Well, it's a pleasure, and I'm eager to start um, talking about your new book, Starting a New Job. But before we get into that, I'm interested, I'm always interested in how coaches become coaches. We almost always have done something else. And your coaching started with some specific kind of activity, helping people get jobs. Would you tell us a little bit about how you started a coaching practice? What were you doing before and how'd you make the shift? Well, I was in corporate America, Bev. I had worked for major corporations such as Xerox, Citigroup, and I really became what I call an accidental interview coach. I was helping clients and I was I was helping colleagues and friends interview for jobs. And I've been doing that, I would say I was doing it for like five or six years. They would if it was an internal candidate, I would help coach them. And my last, I would say, he became a client. He said, you know, you helped me land this six-figure job. And he said, you know, people get paid to do this. And I said, they get paid. You know, I was still in corporate America. And that's, I started out as a part-time gig. And I love helping people. I love helping people stand out and get hired. And he said, you know, continue to, you know, research it and see um, if that's something you want to do. And as they say, the rest is history. Um, I love helping people to stand out, to get hired. And like I said, it really was an accidental coach. I didn't plan on it, but I started to help. The more people I helped, I felt that it was a greater need. And I said, let me put up a website and start to write some articles. And then people started to contact me uh, from California. And I said, well, I know once you're online, you're global. And like I said, the rest is history. So at, at the beginning, it sounds like you were concentrating on helping people to get a job, and including with uh, interviews. What are the kind of things that kind of things that people need to know as they're preparing for an interview? A lot of times, in terms of I wanted to make sure they had the relevant questions to be asking uh, a hiring manager, and also what separates them from the competition to make sure they thoroughly research companies. And the number one skill, you know, I tell all of my clients is preparation. And really, I've really helped, you know, clients prepare 
um, and colleagues to prepare for an interview to stand up because it's a very competitive marketplace. Well, that's that's really true. And once you get the job, life can be even tougher, which is why I think your new um, book, Starting a New Job, is a very handy guide, particularly for young people who are starting out and who are not familiar with kind of workplace cultures and so forth. One of the things that happens is that people are focused on getting the job, and then when they finally get the offer, they think, oh, no, I'm not ready. I don't know what I'm going to do. So having a, a plan seems like um, is that's a good starting point. What do you suggest um, is, a, is a way to start planning, to start preparing for a new job even before you've had your first day at the office? You know, starting a new job is really a continuation of your job interview. And you have to prepare for your first de- first 30, 60, 90 days, just like you pay- prepare for an interview. You want to be able to set goals. You want to have relevant questions that you want to be asking your your manager, but also your, your, t- your teammates. So it's just like an interview. It's all about preparation. There's something else you wrote somewhere that a big part of a, the interview is you. It's uh, your opportunity to make a first impression, and really, your first months on a job can be one time after another of having to make a first impression. So it's sort of like a continuation of the interview every day for some people, isn't it? It is a continuation, Bev, and you do why the first impression is so important because that will be your lasting impression. Because once you make a good impression, whether the first 30, 60, or 90 days, that's going to really set the stage for your career at that company. So you think about planning uh, in kind of month-long intervals for the first 90 days, which seems to be sort of a critical period, the 30, 60, 90 days. What are the key things to focus on as you're getting ready for and starting to go through that first month, the first 30 days? What are the essentials for that initial period? You know, the first 30 days, you really want to listen and learn. You want to learn as much as you can about the organization. You want to listen to um, what your coworkers are saying in terms of, you know, what are they saying about the clients? Who are the clients? What are the clients' biggest problems? And also, you want to start to build relationships with your um, your team members because that is going to be critical to your success. And then start to really ask relevant questions and also to build a relationship with your manager and have, I would say, biweekly solicit feedback from him on your performance. But the key is to know what your performance goals are. I totally agree with you. Very often people jump in and they want to produce some work, they want to get something done, but they don't really even know what their job is. So having a clear idea of what's expected of you is a really key starting point. But the sometimes bosses aren't so good at letting you know what's to be expected. Uh, I, you make a, an important point that if the boss isn't clear about um, what's needed from you or how you've done, you, the the new hire, needs to ask for feedback, right? You do need to 
um, solicit um, weekly or biweekly feedback. You, the key is to be proactive as a new hire in your new role. And even if they're not, the, if your new boss isn't clear on your job description or your roles and responsibilities or performance, you know, I highly recommend reaching out to human resources to get a job description and they will have all of that information. So when you have your one-on-one, you can sit down with your manager and make him accountable as well or her. And something you said earlier that uh, it's about connecting with people and building relationships. It's very tempting to just put your head down and do the work and try to do the best job. But there's lots of research that suggests the most important thing for getting off to a good start is building relationships, listening to other people, getting a sense of who has a stake in what you're doing. And I guess in the process of interacting with other people, that's another way you can learn some things. Isn't that right? You can learn so much uh, from an organization that you won't be able to find on a website um, because, you know, there are unspoken rules within organizations. And those unspoken rules, it could be, you know, they would like employees to work late, um, but that's not said, but that would, that's, the, that's the norm. So certain things that are, that's, I call it unwritten rules, you will only be able to obtain that information just by building relationships and talking to your coworkers. So on the kind of the to-do list for this first month, we've got um, talk to your boss, get a sense of your job, ask for feedback, connect with other people. But you've just raised something else that I think is, um, is good advice when people are starting out. It's good to assume that people want you to put in long hours at the beginning, or at least that they'll like the fact that, they, that you try, even if it doesn't turn out to be um, something that you need to keep up. Do you agree that when people are starting out, that's not the time to think so much about work-life balance? That's the time to kind of put in the extra time these first months? I have a smile on my face because you're absolutely right, Beth. The first 30, 60, 90 days, and even beyond, you want to go over and above work performance. Yeah, and, and there's some things that um, that really matter, aside from just putting in the hours of performance. One thing that's so basic seems to me is to to um, arrive on time every place you're supposed to be and uh, do everything you say you're going to do. Those are those are two kind of basics that sometimes people um, don't focus on because they're focused more maybe on finishing up a task and they get to a meeting late. The beginning is a good time to always get there early, right? Uh, you know, I highly recommend getting there early. Um, it's critical. And be, you know, start to show yourself as a team player. Uh, those, those things are critical. Um, and be proactive in everything you do in your first 30, 60, 90 days. Think being proactive. Something that you um, mentioned in your book that I liked a lot is that aside from kind of planning your workflow and building your your network generally within the company, you recommend that people come up with a professional development plan. What What is 
uh, a good professional development plan for somebody who's starting out in a new place? How would you start building something like that? I would look, once again, look at the job description. What does a job entail? And then take inventory of your skills. Take inventory of your, your soft skills. Take inventory of your hard skills and see what it what those skills would take. What are those skills you need to be able to utilize um, in that job for to to perform in that job, but also growth within that organization as well. Some of those skills could be um, technical skills. Maybe you'll notice the kind of work people are doing, and and it's it's reading about what's happening in the industry. But another skill for a lot of people is noticing the kind of writing that people are doing in your organization and kind of working on, on writing like uh, your colleagues are writing. Do you, do you put a lot of emphasis on writing? I, I know I often notice it's really important. Writing skills are critical on how you communicate. And I think a lot of times writing skills are overlooked Bev. You know, a lot of times people put a lot of emphasis on computer skills but I think people skills and writing skills, um, that should be top priority because those two really are important in terms of your success. It, I agree. It's, it's, uh, it makes a lot of difference. So what about um, social media skills? I, I've noticed that sometimes people do some pretty effective networking once they're in the job, whether it's with... Um, uh, their own new colleagues or people in the industry. Do you encourage people to use LinkedIn as a as a tool for getting to know their new organization or their new field? Or what would you suggest? LinkedIn is a great tool. Um, I always recommend using LinkedIn for for networking because it is the largest professional business network, and we use it on two levels. One to look at the organizational chart and look for key people within that organization and start to look at that profile, but also look at that profile, start to identify an individual who can be a mentor and look for individuals who can be a sponsor. Oh, those are both two good ideas. What First, um, everything you know about the organization is going to help you, and so much of that is on LinkedIn. So that's a great way to to figure out who the players are and and to to learn more about the company, mentors are um, really important. But um, sometimes it's it's hard to know how to attract a mentor. What do you tell your clients? How do you suggest they get started finding mentors? I would look at look at the organizational chart. And let's say, for instance, it doesn't have to be someone within your department. It could be someone outside of your department. Let's say, example, you're in finance. Well, you might can identify someone in, in marketing. And to initiate that, to initiate something like that, just send a brief email said, you know, I just started this organization. And you're not going to say immediately, I want you to be my mentor, but to start to develop relationships. And also the key is when you start developing relationships, even if it's someone outside of marketing, outside of your department, see always the key is how you can add value to that individual. It could be something as you saw a marketing article in Forbes magazine and you sent it to the VP of marketing. Well, you're in finance, but you know that's something of value to the VP. So it's not as hard as people think to find a mentor or even a sponsor. 
I think uh, that's such good advice. Mentoring, when it really works well, is often kind of um, mutual, that both parties are helping the other one. Sometimes even the, the, the mentee's questions can help the mentor. So um, always looking to, to add value um, makes a difference. And I guess that adding value, that goes to all of the networking you're going to be doing in your new company. You're going to try to figure out how does your work impact them? Is that part of the what you coach people to do is figure out how you can add value throughout your day as you're meeting new people? I, that's, I, how, I always stress always to add value, whether it's your internal network um, within, within the company or your external business network outside of the company. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Master's in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. All right, here's a, here's a question that I think is changing um, sometimes, and, and that is, how do you read the culture and fit into the culture? Partly you do it by observing, but what, one of the things that in the olden days used to be the case is you always kind of dressed up a little bit at the beginning, and um, you tried to, you, you kind of worried more about your grooming, and uh, you worried about your posture, um, you stand up straight when you're speaking to people. You make eye contact. Things are more relaxed in a lot of workplaces now. Do you think those kind of things still matter? They matter, and they matter in the way you really help you define a culture is, once again, is to have those one-on-one conversations with your employees and make sure it's diverse, um, and not only diverse in terms of the individual, but diverse in terms of the partner. So that's the key is to reach out. Not If you're in finance, reach out to marketing. If you're in, in marketing, maybe you reach out to IT and talk to those individuals because they might have they have different mindsets uh, on how they see the company. But once you gather that information, it'll really help you to really understand the, the, the culture, not just your department, but the company as a whole. And when you were describing how you reach out earlier, you you made it clear that I'm a new employee. I, I think that's an important thing to do. There, You have kind of a honeymoon period sometimes in which you can say, look, I'm new here and I, um, I have some questions or I'd love to meet you. People are generally, um, most people are, are pretty responsive to, to new members of the team, aren't they? They are very responsive, Bev. And you know what I tell clients, colleagues, friends, when you start a company and you're proactive, they want you to succeed and they will help you. And, and if you need help, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and you don't want to be on an island by yourself. 
So you raise a good point. Um, people do they people really do care because your success also is dependent on that success and the total company's success. Yeah, that's um that's a good thing to keep in mind, to have a, a positive view of what um of how people feel about you because the fact is they hired you and your colleagues can probably use the help. So it's 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 good idea to go into a situation feeling comfortable about reaching out. And if sometimes people are too busy or maybe uh, they're introverts, they don't like talking, that's okay. You just move on. You just kind of touch all the bases, right? Yes. And even if you're an introvert, you can even just have your manager send out an email and say, you know, I'm going to do an introduction or, you know, Beth or John is going to do, once you like to have spent 10 minutes of your time next week, She's a new employer. She's a new employee. You know, get your manager involved if you are an introvert um, because he wants, once again, he made the hire. They want you to succeed as well. That's a really good suggestion. Ask um, ask your manager or maybe if you meet one person, ask them to introduce you to other people in their shop. It's a, people, people like to, to connect other people. Okay, I'm going to change gears a little bit. I'm going to ask a question. I mentioned earlier that starting a new job can be stressful for a lot of people. And sometimes we're so eager to, you know, to put in the time and do everything right that we add to our own stress. Do, do you have any suggestions for people who um, sort of struggle with stress during the um, early part of their their new job? Yes. And, you know, like you said, once you get the offer, you're excited. And then all of a sudden, the reason why stress, because it's the unknown, um, you're starting a new job, you don't know what to expect. And how you alleviate the stress is think about why they hired you. What skills do you bring? What value do you bring? And then start to plan. And when you prepare, like, questions um, that you're going to have. It could be five questions, five relevant questions that you're going to have before you start the job, how you're going to meet your team members. If you have a plan and you prepare, that will help alleviate the stress. You will have some stress because, you know, that first 30, 60, 90 days, it is about performance. Yes, performance after the 90, but it's critical for those 90 days. If you're prepared and just like you prepared for the interview, that's how you want to prepare for the first 30, 60, 90 days. So I think the plan is really important. And, and people sometimes wonder, how can I make a plan when I just got here and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing? But the plan that you're describing is is not so much I'm going to complete this project. It sounds like it is um, maybe you you figure out who are the people I need to know? What are the kinds of things I need to learn? What are the what are the ways I want to be? You know, what are my goals if I'm going to present myself? Is that the kind of plan you mean? That's the kind of plan, and I break it down into three three I would say three critical categories. One, I would say work performance goals, and you want to understand the department. You want to solicit feedback and see how you can add value, and you want to know what it takes to perform in that role. And then I would say employee initiative goals. How are you going to build relationships? 
um, look for problems to solve. And then third is professional development goals. And I think that's why I help clients or colleagues have more focus. And the focus comes when you can break it in those three categories, work performance goals, employee initiative goals, and personal development goals. It gives them a roadmap to, to success within the first 30, 60, 90 days or even beyond. Someplace I read that you also suggested that one of the things you can plan is how you're going to take care of yourself. That uh, maybe that's not on your office plan, but it's your your life plan for these early um, months. You're going to eat well. You're going to get some sleep. You're not going to party, whatever it is. Those can be part of sort of getting your head in the right place and doing your best work, can't they? They can, yes. That's just as important. Um, eat well, exercise, and also, you know, talk to your friends and colleagues. Also, you know, have good dialogue with them when you start in a new job. You know, solicit feedback from them as well. And in, in terms of talking with them, um, something else to keep in mind is saying thank you. If you ask for help, uh, it's, it's easy for people to do a little something, sometimes thank you isn't really necessary, but that's a good way to you know keep the conversation going and kind of start to build rapport. To to the thank you habit can be a good one on a new job, can't it? It can. Thank you is powerful, and always I always subscribe to the theory: always have an attitude of gratitude. Um, when you show gratitude, people are willing to help you. Yeah, and when you feel gratitude, you feel better about everything. So it's easier to to be upbeat. Being positive and looking around for positive people, can that be another part of your planning? Yes, it can. And, you know, even talk to, let's say, the position that you're currently in. If someone got, if that was due to a promotion, talk to the individual who got promoted in that position. Yeah. And, and then from there, maybe you get to the question of um, expertise. Even if you can't um, imagine what the projects are going to be, if the person who was there before and got promoted, if their expertise is being missed because people were relying on it, that gives you um, some hint about the kind of personal development stuff or professional development stuff you want to do. You can learn how to do some specific things better. That gives you a, another aspect of your plan. Well, it does, because let's say, example, that individual was noted as being an expert in Excel or PowerPoint. Then, you know, if you have, let's say, average skills, then you want to really start to really hone your PowerPoint skills or even Excel skills to the level of that individual who got promoted. That makes a lot of sense. Kind of look at not just the job description, but what the last person, if somebody else was in the job before, what the last person was actually doing and figure out where the gap is. I guess that's another way of adding value. You're figuring out what value are people missing, not only new value, but what things that, where, where can you fill in the, the blanks? And even that individual could be your mentor. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That So you make friends with, the, if the, they're still around or even if they've moved on, you make friends with um, uh, the, the person who used to be doing your work or who, who's done something like that. 
Well, you finish the book by um, talking about um, what happens maybe after the 90 days. You talk about how to get on a fast track for um, career success, and, and you have some some basic strategies for um, career success. Do you have any, do um, you want to share any thoughts for our readers about where, or their listeners, but wherever they are, uh, even if they're not starting a new job right now, what are some of the keys to really be successful as, as you're building your career? What network, I would say building your network, it's critical. Building a network within the organization, but also look for problems to solve and to add value. You know, I would say the key is if you want to be successful in any organization, you want to know your value. You want to be able to communicate your value each and every day effectively. And you want to be able to demonstrate your value. And that's the key um, in building and start to volunteer. Look for opportunities to volunteer on projects. And the key is to always be proactive as opposed to being reactive. That is great advice, I think, to close with. Don't wait around to be told what to do, but to look for opportunities and find ways to give them more than they even ask for. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Again, um, the name of the book is Starting a New Job, and um, it's it's a good guide for people if they're Um, thinking about moving on to their next job or maybe even preparing for a job search. Thank you very much for uh, telling us about it and uh, I wish you well with the book. Bev, thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Today we've been talking with author and career coach Robert Moment about how to get off to a great start when you're beginning a new position. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Today's career tip is that when you're starting something new, whether it's a job or a project, it's important to have a plan. And when you're working on the plan, focus a lot of attention on the people who have a stake in the outcome. Success often begins with building relationships. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed our show, please spread the word.